The Ole Miss Rebels have a first-round draft pick in the USFL college draft. And also, Chris Lowe writes an article about playoff possibilities for teams, but it's not really the subject matter of the article that we're caring about. It's the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. All right, welcome to Locked Out on this podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for joining us. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Also, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and of course, comment down below and upvote the video itself. We'd appreciate that very much. Now, Chris Lowe came out with an article uh, three or four days ago about teams in the S&P Plus or it may have been Bill Connolly, but Chris Lowe contributed to it, that this is how they get to the playoff. This is everything that goes on. And, and when I look at that, that that's a reach um, even for Ole Miss. But one thing that I was really interested about is this. This is Chris Lowe's little write-up on the Ole Miss Rebels. Um, they were 20th ranked in the S&P+. And they're talking about, you know, Ole Miss does not have a championship since 1963. They have swam in these waters as recently as two years ago. They mentioned that Spencer Sanders needs to stay healthy and get get back to his old form. Talks about Quinshawn Judkins. Talks about Pete Golding in the defense. And then road games at Alabama and Georgia. The curious part of that, and the thing that grabbed my attention, is Jackson Dart is not mentioned anywhere in this article. Nowhere will you see a Jackson Dart come up about Ole Miss. Just Spencer Sanders gets the the acknowledgement from Chris Lowe. Now, why is this important? Why do we care about this? What does Chris Lowe know? Why do we need to give this more credit than it's due? And that is Chris Lowe breaks every story that Lane Kiffin has. If if a player's coming, an assistant coach, all how many times has Chris Lowe broken that story? And that is because he is close to Lane. He is connected to Lane. So if you take that into consideration, if you take that as a real thing, this article is interesting. It doesn't mention quarterback competition. It doesn't mention any of the quarterbacks except Spencer Sanders. Now, we have talked the whole time that this quarterback competition has been a thing. And we mentioned that we think Lane Kiffin wants one of two things to happen in this quarterback competition. A, he wants Jackson Dart to win the job, ball out, get drafted, and go pro after this year. That's something I think he wants. The other one is he wants Spencer Sanders just to win the job because he only has one year of eligibility. And the reason is the most talented quarterback on this roster, in this quarterback room, is Walker Howard, likely. He is going to be a redshirt freshman who they're going to try and season for 2024. And if we all know, in 2024, it is the first year of the college football playoff expansion 
up to 12 teams. It's the first year with Texas and Oklahoma. It is go time. It is the way it is going to be moving forward for at least the the, the near future. So it'll be interesting to see exactly how that goes. But the fact that Jackson Dart is not named anywhere in that article and Spencer Sanders is makes me wonder if Chris knows something that the rest of us do not. We'll have to pay really close attention, and we are going to pick apart little things like that. We are going to nitpick like crazy, but that that is a pretty amazing article. Let's bring it back up again. There it is. Spencer Sanders highlighted, talks about if he can regain that form that he earned first team all Big 12 honors. Um and Quinshawn Judkins. So the two players that get get named is Spencer Sanders and Quinshawn Judkins. That that's just crazy interesting to me, and not necessarily a bad thing or anything, but it's just unexpected because when you go into this quarterback competition, and there is going to be a quarterback competition, you don't expect somebody with this many ties to Lane Kiffin. Chris Lowe, like I said, is the guy that breaks every Lane Kiffin story. And then an article like this, it just feels like there may be a point. I do not know. But anyway, um, we'll see. But the Rebels road games at Alabama and Georgia, do not expect them to make the playoffs. As Pollyanna as I am, even I am um, thinking that's a little bit of a bridge too far, honestly. So we'll see exactly how that goes as well. So that article kind of says everything, doesn't it? Kind of says everything. And, you know, if Ole Miss can get to where they need to be, and they talk about every team in the S&P Plus, their route to the playoffs. And Ole Miss involves apparently Spencer Sanders and obviously road games at Georgia and Alabama. But the fact that they do not mention Jackson Dart not so much Walker Howard. I yeah, not so much Walker Howard, but the fact that they do not mention a returning starter on an SEC team in a preview paragraph is at least interesting to me. Now, I mean it just kind of is what it is, but it's at least interesting to me. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the midway point of the NBA season. It's here and now, and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores to threes drained, and the you know, we all know at Mississippi, you have to go to actual casinos to their sports book. These FanDuel apps and everything, they're available in Louisiana, they're available in Tennessee. So if you go up to Memphis, if you go down to New Orleans, you'll be able to FanDuel as well. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with Same Game Parlay. So don't miss out on the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our new, brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It's got everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right. Pretty cool thing happened today. Um, Yesterday was the USFL College Draft, and the way this works, as far as I can tell, is these players are drafting rights, all right? They're drafting rights for players to come into the USFL. They still have to sign their contract. It's really no different than the NBL, NFL does, but they're drafting rights. But the way it looks and the way it goes, it looks like they have been trying to get draft grades of players that were free agent draft grades. So essentially, this USFL draft is like a football version of the Major League Baseball draft where college players try and get commitments and recruit players that they think they can get, if that makes sense at all. So in that way, it's real similar to the college baseball draft. So you're going to see players that aren't the top of their game. They aren't likely to end up on NFL rosters, but this is an opportunity for them to go into the USFL, play their first game, I think it's in, in April or something like that, and potentially work forward and end up in an NFL camp with the um, USFL season over. This is an opportunity to kind of play your way in. So it's really cool for these young men. So if you look at it, the first round pick of the Memphis Showboats, who used to be the Tampa Bay Bandits, which is sad for me because I'm a lifelong Tampa Bay Bandits fan, is the Memphis Showboats, Mason Brooks. Um, the sixth offensive lineman on Mrs. Team. They, they have builds. They've had tryouts and everything to where he is kind of maxed out. But he has seen himself, instead of just doing the NFL free agent path, he sees an opportunity to kind of play himself into the NFL free agent room. So the USFL could be an avenue for him to do it. And this is fantastic. I love this. Because there are players that would be unable to make the NFL, even as a practice squad player. And these players getting a head start on development before they get to an NFL camp and an NFL roster is impressive. Um, You've got players like Malik Cunningham, Chase Bryce. All those guys have been drafted by the USFL draft. It's it's going on as we speak right now. Um, I think Memphis's second-round pick was um, Bolden out of Jackson State or something like that. But there is a Mississippi-Memphis flavor that is developing on the showboats. Now, the showboats won't look like they did, um, like you remember, whenever the original USFL was around there. They're blue and yellow. Um, And I think they just needed every team to look a little bit different because last year it seemed like half the team was um, silver and red. And so because of that, you know, they needed a little bit of variation to it. And we'll see exactly how that goes. But I'm, I'm really impressed with Mason Brooks. I think he could do really well. Get in there, pass block, do whatever he needs to do, run block. All the, all the fundamental stuff that he doesn't have to waste the, worst, the first two weeks of NFL free agency camp to learn. He can kind of learn that inside these USFL camps against professional-level players. Now, now, the SEC is a pretty big step for him, but over the course of his full career, he was at Western Kentucky for most of it. So it will be a step up of playing above that. Now, I'm sure he blocked Will Anderson or Dallas Turner. 
he has experience blocking good players. So it'll be ex- it'll be really interesting to see how he does as this moves forward. It, it just will. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how Mason Brooks can adapt to that USFL lifestyle. I'm looking forward to see exactly how he needs to fit. It's, it's, it's a good piece, especially within an hour up the road from Oxford, Mississippi. He probably doesn't even have to move out of his apartment if he doesn't want to. But the reason Memphis, I think, is a thing because USFL could not get the rights to Raymond James Stadium and Tampa Bay, to, they just didn't get a favorable deal, and they did in Memphis. And that's the reason the Tampa Bay Bandits became the Memphis Showboats and this USFL season, you know, it's going to go. Because in all these spring leagues, XFL, USFL, it does not matter which one. You need five years. You need it. You need the league. If it makes it five years, it's got staying power and is going to be around for a little bit. It just is. This is year two, and we're excited because year two in non-NFL football has always been a pretty big deal. This is the first league that's got to go through a regular draft like this and do something that's a little bit different to expand their brand. They need to be smart about it, and they are. They have um, Every game was played in Birmingham last year. This year, they're four hubs. You've got Birmingham, you've got Memphis, you've got Detroit, and you've got Canton, Ohio as the four hubs of two teams each. So they're eventually going to get into the point where every team um, has their own home of a stadium, which it sounds like, honestly, it might be next year. And from there, they're going to look at expanding. So USFL, I'm looking forward to see if they can make it through this year as well, because the first three years is just about survival. And as this thing survives and because becomes more regular, you'll see players like Mason Brooks, those players that are in the bottom of the draft list, a place for them to go to continue to develop. They don't have to give up on football. They can live the life of a professional football player. So we'll see exactly how this happens. The XFL has started. Looks pretty interesting. A.J. McCarron and the St. Louis Battlehawks. Unbelievable come at, comeback over San Antonio over the weekend. And we'll see exactly what happens as that progresses and with the USFL progressing and all that. It's 52 out of 56, or 46 out of 52 weeks, sorry, my math got a little wonky there, um, has football this year. 46 out of 52. That's six weeks with no football. And one of those is probably in December. But you probably have, technically, that's counting the July games that are beat like, you know, fall camp, you know, preseason football. But like July after that, 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 that's probably going to be the lion's share of what's going on. But I'm pretty interesting to see exactly how this goes. Anyway, when we come back, we will talk about a New York Post article on Chris Beard um, who mentioned specifically Ole Miss and Georgia Tech. Anyway, stick around. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, um, including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications. Comment down below and upvote the video itself. We'd appreciate it very much. So, interesting stuff's going on. There's an article written by Zach Braziller of the New York Post talking about Chris Beard, 
Um, and with the him becoming a coaching wild card with the charges dropped against him that cost him his Texas job. And we told you this. We've talked about this for a couple of weeks at this point. It's going to become a storm, and it's only increased since it started. When it first started and the charges were announced that it was dropped, people started look was like, well, there has to be other charges. There has to be other things going on. No, everything got dropped. So how does this get handled? Do you have a school that looks of itself as a bastion of morality? Do you have somebody that is so interested in women they care nothing, nothing about anything else? Or is it somewhere in the middle? And most of these places are somewhere in the middle. And I do think Chris Beard would be an interesting hire for the Ole Miss Rebels. But they mentioned in this article um, another school that is kind of in the running for Chris Beard at the moment was Georgia Tech. Now, Georgia Tech historically has more basketball cachet than the Ole Miss Rebels. Their arena is not quite as nice. Their academic standing is a little bit better. But they haven't been to an NCAA tournament since 2010. In that case, in that time, um, Ole Miss has only been there twice in that time frame. So it would be interesting one way or another. But you see people having this conversation. The fact that they're just having this conversation, that these articles are being written, tells you that this isn't the situation that you thought it would be. This isn't Art Briles. This isn't even Hugh Freeze from back in the day. This isn't anything like that. This is going to be a situation to where do you want to hire a coach, deal with two days of public, public relations nightmare, and then it goes away. That's what we're looking at right here. In fact, you could hire this on the first four day. You could make the hire on the first four day. By the end of the first round games on Thursdays, it's gone. Period. And everybody's saying, okay, that's absolutely true. You're telling the truth, Stu. But I might need a shower after this or something like that. This feels kind of slimy. And it, it, it does. I'm not saying it doesn't. But... This is the same university that in recent history, let's go back 15 years, hired Ed Orgeron. And they might say they didn't know, but that, you know, ignorance is no excuse. Whether you did or you didn't is important. They interviewed Dennis Erickson, who, by the way, if you haven't heard that story, Dennis Erickson is interviewing in his meeting with Robert Kayat. Yeah, listen to that. That's, that's a good one. Hugh Freeze happened here. So let's not pretend like we are the bastion of everything good and nothing ever goes wrong. The best thing you can do in a situation like this, if you choose to hire him, is to make sure the contractual language is such to where if something happens, you're not liable. That's it. Everybody deserves to have their livelihood. If you can get Chris Beard at a discount, because that's the important thing here. Chris Beard is not going to get three and a half, four million dollars here. Chris Beard might be lucky to touch two starting out. This is, a, this is somebody you'd get at a discount. 
Now, the funny thing is in the Ole Miss fan base is more people seem okay with the Chris Beard situation than they would be with a Will Wade situation. And that's kind of interesting to me, although it might not say anything at the moment, but that is kind of interesting at the moment. But this is the fact that Ole Miss needs to come to terms with, and they need to figure out what they want to be. They have a national championship-level baseball program. They have a football team that has been to the Sugar Bowl in the last 24 months. Heck, in the last 14 months they've been to the Sugar Bowl. Do they want to have a competitive basketball team? And if they don't, which is fine, the landscape changes all the time. The pavilion was a waste of money if they don't. If they do, they need to decide and figure out how serious they want to be. Because in the SEC, the gap's getting larger and larger by the moment. We saw that it took Coach Yo three or four years to even get competitive with South Carolina. The basketball program is in a shape where it's likely going to lose 20 games this year. If you hire a mid-major coach, whether it's Dusty May or anybody, it's just a mid-major coach, and he comes here and does not succeed in the next four years, the basketball program is dead. It just is. That will be a long enough period of time for people to just completely pass over basketball and into baseball. Because here's the dirty little secret that nobody's going to tell you about. Used to, back in the day, granted you had signing day on February 2nd, but for the most part, basketball season in January started and it went until March. At most places... That's kind of the schedule, January until March. The problem is now, starting December 10th to January 18th, it's the first transfer portal window that sucks all the oxygen out of the room. Nobody really pays attention until basketball now until the end of January. In the middle of February at Ole Miss, the start of college baseball season, that little interim part, inter-squad games, and baseball practice. So we are at a point to where unless you're willing to grab attention, unless you are willing to get it the hard way and completely sell out and do it, people are going to dismiss it because there's other things that can be done. There's other things to pay attention to. I love the transfer portal season. Love it. All month. I was just crazy excited about it. I genuinely um, like the start of college baseball season. But now, there's three weeks. When it used to be a two-month period between one and start of baseball even, now it's three weeks. And that is a problem for Ole Miss basketball in getting attention because people are going to want to look at that program. They're going to want to pay attention to that baseball program because they're national championship winner. And the only way I think Ole Miss can get that attention and make it to where there's not any gaps and there's excitement all over is 
to hire a splashy basketball coach. You need a splashy ba- splashy basketball coach even more than you needed a splashy football coach and even more than you'll need a baseball coach in the um, future because you need somebody that is going to get this attention. You need a Bruce Pearl, honestly. Bruce Pearl at argument, Auburn turning that around. You didn't think it was going to happen, but it did because he willed it to. He's somebody that grabbed attention and held on to it. Ole Miss needs somebody like that. I'm not saying they need Chris Beard. They need somebody like that. Because if you hire somebody from Conference USA, from the American, anybody that is trying to come up a level and it does not work, it will be viewed as same old, same old, and Ole Miss will have had, what, 25, 30 years almost with two NCAA tournament appearances? And that's a problem. Honestly, that's that that's a problem, especially in a brand new hundred million dollar building that's just absolutely wonderful. So, when you look at this this article on Chris Beard that lets you do what you know that this is a little bit better than you thought it would be. These articles will not be coming out if it wasn't something that was legitimate. As far as you can do this, so we'll see. Now, granted, it's the New York Post. It's not exactly New York Times, but it's the Post. And he talked about it and did what he needed to do. So we'll see exactly how it turns out. Anyway, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure and check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. has everything you need to know about college basketball in one place, plus hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Tonight, Mike Espy, if um, technology doesn't get in the way, tomorrow on tomorrow's show, Derek Vandegrift previewing the Maryland baseball series, um, and we will continue to talk about that. But anyway, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.